louder. Welcome, guys, to episode two, 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 point oh. Two point no. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, 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 right. no. Sorry, sorry. Still, 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 still sore spot. <laughs> Episode two, guys, of the next evolution: the rise and demise of the black and gold brand. I am Eddie Shepard, along with I'm Travis Lasseter. Travis, we dropped the first episode, man. What do you think of it? Sounded pretty good to me. I enjoyed uh, listening back to us in our velvety tones. Mm, silky smooth, as Brandon would say, uh, over at Wrestling Room. <laughs> yeah, guys, we've had a pretty good little response. I know everyone's kind of been into it. I know we've actually had some fa- uh, Twitter likes from uh, Kenneth Cameron, a.k.a. Bram, a.k.a. A. Tom, Tom Latimer, a.k.a. World Champion Tan. World Champion Tan. Shout out to TJ Bowser, the cuck with the most. Um helping us clean up the audio. The first episode, guys, it was so freaking hot that I was not able to turn my air off. It was what, like it was almost like 80 degrees and or you, something like that. And you probably wouldn't even have known it if we hadn't said it, because I didn't notice it. Oh, well, yeah, because TJ <laughs> did yeah. a great job yeah. cleaning the audio up. Uh, like I said, it's, it's just been way, way too fucking hot. I think the, the first episode when we recorded, I think that's when it was in like the like 98, 99 yeah. outside. Yeah, it was, it was a, almost 100 for almost a week. Oh, man. It was it was about it was in the upper nineties for probably six days in too, a row. Too fucking hot. I moved away from Florida to get away from this bullshit, and here I fucking am. Global uh, warming. And you know what? You might be onto something. Earthquake there. and typhoon caused that back in the day. <laughs> that's, that's for another it was, podcast. It was tugboat. Podcast. It was tugboat. <laughs> all, the, all the emissions from that tugboat. Uncle <laughs> Shockmaster. <laughs> Thoughts on the first episode, man. What did you think of the very first episode we watched of NXT? Uh, the first Full Cell Days episode. I think it was a nice little way to get everything started. Uh, felt, like, felt like a reboot from the uh, WWE.com slash YouTube or, or whatever the little competition show they had going on, which... The only angle they really carry over from that show is Bateman and uh, Johnny Curtis. Yeah, and they do away with that actually in this episode. So uh, it's really exciting to see uh, where they started out. So, you know, the very first match is Bo Dallas versus Rick Victor to, um, you know, like you were mentioning on the very first part of this 2.0, which is actually going to be on tonight. I have no idea what's going on with it because I really don't follow it anymore. I know they've started doing live events again, which is cool, I guess. Yeah, uh, there, my, my buddy Shane um, lives in Florida, and they often travel to Venice, which is right near where we lived in Florida. So uh, that was pretty cool to see I, them out there. I am a fan of Braun Breaker, and the uh, Mandy Mandy Rose has done really well for herself in NXT with Toxic, toxic Attraction. Sorry, so I've watched a f- I have watched a few episodes. I'm not going to be completely jaded. Um, Carmelo Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Creed Brothers is another one. I'm very. Uh, I very like the big Diamond Mine, which I, I, I am. I'm damn disappointed that uh, Malcolm Bivens went back to being Stokely Hathaway in a, another company far, far away. Now he was so he was so entertaining on AKA Twitter. Jacksonville. Every single every single time he would we, he would post something, either you or I would screenshot it and put it in our little group chat that we have. He's a man. Uh, which is actually called Shitting in Darkness with our buddy Brandon and our other buddy Eric. Uh, if you you will get that joke if you listen to Wrestling Ruin. Yeah, we'll get to all of that it's, stuff here soon. We'll get to all that stuff here soon. We actually have some big debuts coming up on this episode. But before we roll into this week's episode of The Next Evolution, we're going to cut to our reds. 
Oh, hello. Do you know about Project Louder? Well, let me tell you. Project Louder is home to 16 of the finest podcasts a nerd could possibly procure. They have a show for everyone. Whether you're into horror films, modeling comics, 90s kid shows, or that weird tentacle-filled subgenre you search for at 3 in the morning. So head on over to projectlouder.net and treat yourself to something truly exquisite. We believe the mat is sacred. Honor is real. And everything is discussed under pure rules. My name is Ryan, one half of the Wrestling Curious Podcast. We review all things wrestling and don't pull any punches. We do an episode every Sunday where we go back and watch a pre-2020s pay-per-view and then talk about it in the segment we call the Retro Review. I also do an episode every Friday morning in our WIN series. WIN just stands for Weekend News. It gives me an opportunity to freely shoot on 10 news topics from the past week. I also do pay-per-view predictions and reactions to large breaking news stories like Tony Khan being the new owner of Ring of Honor Wrestling. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Check out our Twitter page, at the WP underscore pod. That's T-H-E-W-P underscore P-O-D for all updates. Our pinned tweet has other links as well, like our merch store and how to support our show directly. Remember, whether you agree with us or not, we're right, because we are the Wrestling Purists. Next Generation Wrestling brings some of the most talked about and star-studded professional wrestlers from around the world. Based out of East Tennessee, NGW is becoming one of the most sought-after independent wrestling promotions in the past four years. Witness NGW Live or on demand on the High Spots Wrestling Network streaming app. Follow us on social media platforms at NextGenTN. And we're back! Gosh darn those ads. Those ads are pretty damn good. Uh, I'm very grateful to have uh, all of those people support us. Shout out to a lot of uh, people hitting us up on social medias. And I know at the end of last week's episode, uh, we weren't able to mention our social media handles because I hadn't made them yet. We were so new. Yeah, we were so new. We were babies. It was our first time. But uh, at NXT Evolution Pod, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter, um, where we've been posting some good stuff. Like we were already talking about Tom Latimer, um hitting us up. Before we roll, in, roll into this episode, Travis, this past Sunday, we rolled into um, Forbidden Door. Did you get to watch any of it at all? Did you get to kind of see highlights or just kind of see what the results? I just, I just kind of watched highlights of it. Um, not really going to lie to you. I was not super pumped for the show with all the injuries and everything that they started to do kept falling apart, falling apart. And that just happens in wrestling sometimes. It's not AEW's fault. But uh, uh, the F- from what I read, FTR had a great match. Orange, Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay had a great match. Four-way was kind of dampened by Adam Cole getting a concussion there at the end and, like, like kind of blew the ending. But don't really care about a lot about John Moxley, who has to bleed in every match. And then everyone knew Tanahashi wasn't going to win the interim championship. Sorry, he's not going to leave his New Japan commitments to come wrestle for AEW. Um, I mean, I don't know. I 
just wasn't really excited for the show. I mean, I guess people liked it, but um, still, it's kind of what I thought was going to happen happened. So no one really did anything except FTR winning the uh, IWGP uh, heavyweight tag titles. Yeah, I uh, I did the most uh, law-abiding citizen way of watching it. Uh, illegally, the next day, I watched the entire show at work because it was a slow day. And um, we'll say FTR, fantastic match. It's hard to argue. I think they're one of the best tag teams in the world right now. I'd I say think they are the best. I tag would say team in the I world. could. You could argue them uh, as well. I mean, you could say the Usos as well, and you could also say the Briscoes. Yeah, and Orton and uh, Riddle were on a good little run yeah, there for a while. It's hard to argue I, they were fucking entertaining I mean, as can be, man. Two two single guys together sometimes works, and sometimes it doesn't. But for Riddle and uh, Orton, it worked really well. But I'd say FTR is the best tag team in the world. There's no doubt about it. I mean. Uh, and that's just, I mean, that's with the Young Bucks and everything else. I mean, I feel like the Young Bucks have lost some of their luster since being AEW. They're not as big as they were before. Well, I feel like it's kind of like their gimmick was kind of special because you weren't seeing it all the time, so yeah. it kind of overexposed it. Uh, but I will also say uh, Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay, holy shit, man, fantastic match. It was so good. Uh, I know uh, our buddy Brandon is not a fan of Will Ospreay. But, or Orange Cassidy. So. But Will Ospreay has bulked up, and, man, he doesn't do a lot of the high-flying and stuff. He still does some of it, but just a great chicken shit asshole heel. Uh, loved it. Loved every minute of it. And I, I watched pretty much the rest of the show. I gave up. I did not watch the Tanahashi match because I knew, you know, I already knew who won. I'm just not a real big fan of John Moxley. Nothing against the guy. Just I feel like he was... I don't, He's not changed anything from Dean Edinburgh except his name and the fact they can bleed. Yeah. That's, I just, I, that's all I feel like. And um, I will say, uh, cool to see Cesaro in AEW. That as well. But problem in AEW is everybody's hot for about three weeks and then they vanish. So, Well, the thing that's going to be interesting as well they, is they also mentioned the Ring of Honor show coming up, on, uh, Death Before Dishonor. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they uh, what they do with this show. Yeah. That'd be... Uh, It'd be interesting to see because, like, they were building that Samoa Joe Jay Lethal angle, and then it kind of fell off a cliff. And now they're two of the biggest people featured on the poster. So, I don't know. I just think AEW has too many irons in the fire right now. Too many things going on. Uh, maybe they'll surprise me with it. But overall, if I would consider the build to Forbidden Door, I would consider it a disappointment. Yeah. Um, the show itself uh, had its ups and downs, but they just had too much, too many injuries going on, too many changes. Different things happening that probably shouldn't have happened, you know, along the way there. Stuff out of their control, but what can you do? And trust me, the guys over there at uh, the Wrestling Purists just love John Moxley. So. <laughs> yeah, they kind of knew who was going to go uh, out, of, out of, walking out of his gym. I think everybody pretty much did. But yeah, guys, so let's get rolling on to this next episode. This is going to be episode two of the NXT season six. Next Evolution podcast. It's going to be season six, episode two on Peacock. Uh, go ahead and get... Well, go ahead and pull Peacock up. Whip it out. Go to the NXT tab, Season 6, Episode 2. We're going to say 3, 2, 1, and play. And we're going to start this episode. 3, 2, two 1, play. play. Or we thought we were. <laughs> oh, gorgeous George. It's weird seeing this. I know we said this last time, but this this opening was like the centerpiece for a long time. They just changed people in and out, you know. Changed names in and out of it, but it's all, it was always cool to see that. It's kind of lost now, just now the then now forever together thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to let the audio play a little bit, guys. So you may hear it in the background, and if it doesn't sound good next episode, we won't do this. But 
this song, man, I'm, I really do feel like that the Coheating Cambria song just suits it so well. It's different from what WWE was doing. Fucking Nickelback as the theme song for Raw. People can crap on Nickelback, but everybody loves Nickelback. I don't care what anybody says. No, not not everybody does. So we also saw Richie Steamboat in the opening here. First person you see, by the way. And we're going to see Richie Steamboat here shortly. And Richie Steamboat looks like Adam Cole. It is a weird correlation I've made. Well, when when he pops up, we'll definitely see it again. I think I'm gonna go ahead and mute this guys just because it's very loud. Gonna, I have I have, a, I have surround sound. We're gonna see. Uh... The debuting Seth Rollins thrashing and headbanging out here. Totally different than the Seth Rollins we would get later on. And also wearing a band t-shirt. Asking for, Alexandria. Yes. Yeah, which you would never get away with now. Yeah, um, I, think, I think they had a little bit of more leniency with this. You know, not having any kind of uh, you know eyes on this. We're getting Seth Rollins' debut against Euro. Giro? Euro? I think it's Giro. Giro? Giro. Giro. You don't see Giro for very long in NXT. He so- kind of looks like Kota Ibushi a little bit with uh, wearing Tajiri pants. Yeah. If you want to give it a give it a good look. He had the he had the Ibushi haircut. Yeah, so I have a little bit of info on, on, on Giro. He was trained by Takamichinoku, which we were talking about before the podcast. He had signed on with WWE in December of 2011, working with FCW Florida Championship Wrestling. He went on to lose every televised FCW match he was in and was released by WWE in June of 2012. He's got those creator wrestler designs on his tights that you could have got back on SmackDown versus Raw. Oh, yeah. Raw. So, literally, when this match comes out, you know, this episode is taking place from, you know, June 27th, 2012. Most of these episodes were filmed in May. And so, by the time this episode already dropped, uh, he was actually already um, let go. By yeah. NXT in yeah, WWE. He, he didn't last long at all. So uh, He would go on to work for New Japan, Pro Wrestling, and, and uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. Um, big thing with him was, you know, June 20th, 2013, which is, you know, about a year after this, he was arrested under suspicion of voyeurism, <laughs> having been accused of using a smartphone to take photos of women's underwear at a local mall. Less said about that, the better. Yeah, that's just kind of... I, I had a bad joke, but I'll say that for us on Ruin. <laughs> it's like those panties that they get yeah. in those... Um, <laughs> who, who hasn't done that in their youth? What? What? No, no, no. no, no. Panty collector. <laughs> I, I know we kind of talked about it in the first episode, but um, Seth Rollins, do you think he would have reached the heights he has with this gimmick on the main roster? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I just don't think it would have resonated well with um, just a wider fan base, because like... I get what he was going for, kind of colorful. There's the blackout already, matches over, but it just did not seem like it would appeal to everyone. Yeah. He did keep the yellow streak in his hair for a long time after the main roster. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they let him keep it, to be honest. But it, it, I like his gear. His gear looks fantastic. He has a cool song. The whole Masha thing, it's different. It's kind of carny to me. Like, it feels like it's very indie. Yeah, I don't think that would have, I don't think that would have been on Vince McMahon's radar. No. Man, the match is already over, guys. This yeah. match was only about a minute and a half. He hit him with the, the curb stomp, but they called it the blackout. Uh, notice things about this th- about this match. The crowd was super dead. She they, stepped they, on his back. You notice, and not his head. Yeah. Well, this is concussion. This is like right when concussion stuff was getting wildly crazy. Here's Briley Pierce. Oh, we get another awful promo. God, he sucks. Uh, at this part of Seth goes rip roots out of the ground, clouds out of the sky. Terrible, terrible promos continue. Yeah, and uh, if that was his attempt at an unscripted promo here at NXT, he did not great. It's like they give these guys the shittiest generic babyface promos to give to try to get over, but they they all sound the same. Still not as bad as Bose. And Briley Pierce is just not a good interviewer. 
I mean, he just—I don't know—he just—he just sound. He doesn't sound like an interviewer. No. Then we here have Jinder Mahal stepping out. Yeah, they're already starting to plant the seeds that we're going to get Jinder Mahal versus Seth Rollins. Before we finish up with Seth Rollins, something I we I, we talked about as well in the first episode, but I've really noticed it after seeing Seth. Seth Rollins and Kenneth Cameron as a tag team would have been fantastic. Could have pulled some twin magic. They looked identical, it, which is wild because Tom Latimer is fucking huge now. Uh, and to Seth Rollins, same thing. He's, he's a bigger, jacked-up guy now. But Did you know, this is not something we talked about in the first episode, but just the something I noticed, the fact that the mat is white. Yeah, that's like, what, it's for the white. I definitely liked the black mat. Def, if, like I know we talked about it on the shout out to the wrestling purists. We've talked about that that even their mats. You know, um, when they did the last takeover show that we just did, that you know the mats are black. It does add a different element seeing the black mats. I, I'm not sure when they go to that, but it is something nice to make it look different. It just feels weird seeing them white for so long after you're used just used to them being black. So here's the don't try this at home. Program. Yeah, we don't get this. We don't get these anymore, which is wild, right? I know. It's crazy. It used to be all you couldn't skip it on the DVDs back in the nope, day. No, like, that'd be the first thing it. you'd see. Oh, great! A Jinder Mahal promo. Uh, this is the only part of the show that feels like it flows together. Yes, we'll, we'll talk about that here because you and I have talked about it before we got on here about how this the flow of the episodes feel like they're cut, which I absolutely agree. That's probably exactly what it was. These are cut, not in order. Like they did not film these in, in any kind of sequence. Um, and you want to talk about a guy that did a transformation? This guy right here, even though he was already on the main roster, like he got fired, got kind of fat when he was in three MB. And then he was like super ripped when he became WWE champion. He's still super ripped now, but like just like the the body transformation he went through over his time there was yeah, wild. I, I'm super shocked that they put the rocket to him the way that they did. But we well, are Jason getting Jinder Mahal versus Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan with the long hair is a little different for me. Finally getting a match uh, since a couple of weeks ago. He got uh, uh, shunned by Damian Sandow. Thanks, JR, for continuity issues. Yeah, last week. Yeah, it was last week, not a couple of weeks ago, JR. <laughs> Jinder Mahal made his televised de- uh, WWE debut April 29th of 2011, so over a year ago uh, on SmackDown, greeting fellow Indian superstar Gr- The Great Khali, where they soon started a feud. Uh, he was basically used as a job guy before coming back to NXT during this rebrand phase. Um, we'll definitely talk more about Jinder when the Gold Rush tournament happens mm-hmm. here in a, in a couple of months. Get some. Oh, God. back Jordan's He is such a generic baby face. He looks great. JR, JR says he's a blue chipper from Indiana. So, shout out to uh, uh, my fellow Hoosier here. Hoosier suck. Um, well, also, uh, other thing I noticed just right then is the turnbuckle pads say WWE and yep, not NXT. Yeah, on the NXT, yeah. It's Big crazy. thing I noticed with this is Jason Jordan is actually more jacked than Jinder Mahal. Yep. But Jason Jordan was always in great shape. I just don't think the... The mop top haircut really did a lot for no. him there. It made him it made him look like a jobber. Yeah. Like somebody we would have seen on Wrestling Ruin in ninety five. Yeah, definitely doing a job for Bam Bam Bigelow or uh, the Goon. Also <laughs> another thing, I know we talked about it in the last episode, but some of this kind of distracting is every time they take a camera shot, you see the announce desk in the back. Yeah, it makes it does kind of take away. I know this episode too, instead of getting William Regal and JR, we get Byron Saxton on the on the mic for the first time. Yeah, and Byron Saxton and JR weren't bad together. Well, Byron Saxton was actually doing commentary, I believe, for FCW at yep. the time. He uh, was. When this switched over. Yeah. And Byron has definitely came into his own. Him and Corey are great with each other. And uh, Byron was actually a Hill announcer in FCW. He had the Hillish persona because like, he was 
He was on one of the uh, seasons of NXT, am I not? He was. Uh, I'm, I'm correct on that. I, think he was on, I don't know if it was on the same season as Percy Watson or not, but I remember Byron was like a sh- swarmy heel or whatever, and he was actually not bad, but like he just his wrestling career just never took off for him. But just like just like Corey Graves, he found his calling as an announcer. Oh yeah, I I also have my notes here too. That I like Jinder with the short hair instead of the long hair that he has like more recently. Uh, that goes back to like I feel like it shows his traps off more. It's when who I, as Jr. that would always say that he hated long hair for that reason. Yeah, well, and then like he also he I think he had like almost a buzz cut in this in his newest run since he came back from injury, but. We haven't seen a lot of gender. He's very. You can tell in his arms. He's he's got the definition there, but he almost has that Paul Orndorff arm. The way it looks, almost like uh, kind of shriveled up like a got little a, bit. Got a little atrophy in his arm. Yeah. It, whoa, damn, oh, Travis, just spill your water. water. Off, like Jason Jordan, off, he blocked. He got the drop kick blocked right there. But you looked, don't see a lot of in wrestling anymore either. Is a drop uh, block drop kick. He just looks so small compared to Jordan. And nice high knee there. Uh, not uh, Ed Leslie uh, good, but still pretty good. I have my notes, too. That this was a three-minute long match. Uh, it it dragged. This is probably my least favorite match we've had it, on it here. It feels longer than three minutes yes. you're watching it. But here's the generic, I am from Indian descent. Let me use the camel clutch. Every stereotype must use the camel clutch. Iron Sheik, Muhammad Hassan, Rusev, Jinder Mahal. Yep. Which and I'm there's surprised. Even more than that. That's the that's I can just rant those off pretty quick. Uh, but he he had a, he had a pretty good little showing here. But like I said, he 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 looks in great shape. But I just feel like Jason Jordan is just in better shape. So yeah. it makes him look doesn't make him look as as even, good. Even when Slaughter became an Iraqi sympathizer, he used the camel clutch instead of the uh, uh, cover clutch. Yeah, yeah, nice flaring of the nostrils there, gender. If people care. And I hate the fact that he cuts a promo before and after the match, and he essentially says the same thing. Well, he has to put over that he's a heel, because everybody else was a babyface, and he's the heel. And I don't know how many times during this match they said they were going to mold NXT in his image, and then he says it before the match and after the match. Which means he's going to make it far in the Gold Rush tournament when they start. So Spoiler alert. I mean, you got to have, you gotta have a face and a heel. But, like, his promo skills here are not great, which they're, they're better than Jason Jordan's, I guarantee you, still, right now. Jason they actually Jordan. showed Jason Jordan on TV last night when John Cena came back. We're recording this after Cena came back on Raw, and he uh, he looked great. He looked great. Um, they also showed Billy Kidman in the back, too, which is wild to see. He looked Billy so Kidman much fat. He got old, man. Fat asses. Fat asses. <laughs> God, someone else used the camel clutch, but was not a stereotype. Scott Steiner, big Papa Pump, big bad booty daddy. Steiner recliner. Are you having fun with WCW right now? No, <laughs> they, they just banned the Steiner recliner in uh, WCW in 2000. So, isn't he supposed to be part of like the New Blood? Is no, it? he's in and out of the New Blood, but now he's back with Gold. But I don't know. It's it's stupid. It's WCW 2000. We'll cover it on Wrestling Ruin. Oh, here we go! Another oh. NXT game game show style promo. Leo Kruger. They they totally ripped this off. Like, from it. Like, he literally has an English accent here in his little promos, like, where he's talking. Oh, Norman Smiley was a referee right there. Um, Oh, I never, I didn't share my story about Norman. How, when I went to the FCW show, he was, you know, Norman's, they had like a timekeeper's table and he was sitting there kind of taking notes of the wrestlers. And Norman, I was like, Norman, do the big wiggle. Norman and he gave me the most pissed off look because he was actually trying to do something. It was, it was pretty funny. It's it's just I get what they were doing here, but like when he cuts his promo later, he tries to sound South Africa South African. Here in this thing, he just sounds like a posh English guy. 
yeah. or an American. Like he his his, his dang accents in and out. Like well, it's not. And this is what we we same. were talking about. Is you know we get to the point where he he's wearing like the the pants and he's more like I'm Leo Kruger. Yeah, he's uh, he's like Craven the Hunter was from the Marvel universe. That's what he reminded me of. Here he's just like a the way Jr. describes him is he's from a rich family from South Africa. And then there was the Adam Rose face, and before he was Adam Rose. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The, I thought this guy, that gimmick, Leo Kruger, when, especially when we came to Vicious Leo Kruger, was going to be a huge deal, and yeah. he wasn't. He, they say Leo means lion. Leo Kruger and Jinder Mahasa Hill tag team would have worked for me. It's, it's this gear right stupid here. Stupid entrance video, the winking. This is all from the NXT show. Stuff, yeah, like the the stuff they recorded for the the show. <laughs> His little sash, <laughs> Jr. On here is like they don't wear many slashes in Oklahoma. <laughs> of I'm course like, they don't, Jr. <laughs> you intolerant, you intolerant, fuck. <laughs> We're gonna get Leo Kruger versus Aiden English. A- Aiden English is this? Was he on the first episode? I cannot remember. He was not, but he, this is where when we get into. I've already watched ahead to the third episode, but when we get ahead of that, it, it really shows that stuff was mashed together because they do two Jobber Aiden English matches back-to-back, and they do two Jobber Rick Victor matches back-to-back, too. I think yeah. Rick Victor loses on this episode, if I'm, or it might be the next one. I can't remember. But, like, they're using the same people, and it just feels weird. Also, Summer Rae is our ring announcer. Yeah, and that's one thing I noticed as well. Uh, I also said I prefer the Skinner version of Leo Kruger. That's how I looked at it. <laughs> uh, I, uh, Steve Kern. Crikey. We, we love you, bud. Uh, your gimmick was shit, though. Uh, I also said that this gimmick does feel very 90s-ish. It's 90s heel. Aiden English looks like a jobber here. He's already losing his hair. Everything. like, uh, And he had no real... He already had like the Drama King stuff down because it's on his tights, but he had no character development here at all. They didn't even really talk about him. No, we, we get that later on when he starts to be in the opera singer and then things kind of gel later on with the villains. But he's doing... They blocked another drop kick. Yep. We just talked about that. Uh, he's doing commentary right now for Impact. He's actually really good on commentary. I'll give him that. Uh, Matt... I don't know how to pronounce his last Reinwald name. Reinwald or Reinwald or, or like Rewalt or something. Yeah, I'm not good with last names. Sorry about that, but I mean he, he's uh he's having a pretty good um pretty good thing going on. He had a good main roster run as well with Rusev. Rusev Day. Uh, the whole Simon Gotch thing kind of got screwed up. Um, Simon Gotch got a bad reputation because he did not like Enzo. I do not like that camera angle they just used, where it like pivoted over the corner of the ring, looked like oh, a yeah. diamond, showed empty seats in the back corner. Like I feel like now they shoot NXT from the opposite side. Of the I think arena. they. I'm, I'm pretty sure they do as well because the entrance does come to, from the left. But this they do also do it in the performance center now. Mm-hmm. They're they're done with full cell. I just I hate this. It's I very think, 90s ish. I, hate I think it. they're getting ready to go back to full cell though because things are getting ready to open fully back up where they can. But um, but this referee here is on the main roster of WWE now too. He is yes. Don't know his name, but I just familiar face. He gets him with a. Rear naked choke, and with the rear naked choke here, we saw two finishers back to back that are submissions, which is kind of weird. Yeah, that's why I feel like this episode's really chopped up. Like, there's not a real flow because that's not something you see often. Two submission finishers back to back, also two heels winning back to back, also just too much hair gel here for uh, Leo Kruger. Well. I almost feel like they could have had Leo open the show, Seth have his match, and then we have Jinder. Yeah, I, I, and his tights are just black and white boots. Like, it's just... I, I, 
for them to showed him in the green and black and all that stuff in that promo video, he just feels very bland. Yeah, I have my notes. He looks very generic. He just looks like a created wrestler. He's like a created wrestler you'd run into at the Performance Center in my and uh, my rise or whatever. Or like what you start out with before you have any points to buy new clothes. Yes, yes, very. Uh, I just I don't I, just, I don't I like just it. Not a big fan of this version of Leo Kruger. Oh yeah, here we go. Rick, Richie Steamboat here getting FaceTime with Pop Pop. <laughs> he looks. He looks just Bonnie? like. Where's Bonnie? He looks just like his dad right there. Where's Bonnie at? Imagine trying to fill the shoes of one of the best technical wrestlers in well, the that, ever. That's what he even says here. He's like, there's no way. He says, the arm drags may be the same. He says, the cross bodies may be the same. He says, but I know I have to live up to this name. Which He was like the 15 champion and stuff down there. Like that was, was Gerald Briscoe, yeah, 15 uh, uh, Iron Man. It was like Jerry, 15 minute was, Iron Man champion. Was it, it was for um, Jack Briscoe. Jack, Jack Briscoe. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But here they have, show him wrestling Cesaro. They show him wrestling uh, a lot of just him wrestling Cesaro. That's Rick Victor. Oh, Rick Victor and there. Cesaro as well. He does say that he's not trying to fill. He's trying to fill his own shoes, not trying to fill his yeah. dad's shoes. S- super talented, great, great guy. Super athletic. It's just a shame the injuries kind of get the best of him. Another um, guy that was supposed to be on that uh, season of NXT, correct? Yes, and he. It's weird that they are letting him use Richie Steamboat, but they you know they're not letting you know Joe Hennig or Bo Rotunda be a thing. Well, that that too, and then yeah, I just that's that's weird to me now thinking about it right there because he's the only one they've really designated as a second generation guy by giving him the name, unless they just thought he needed the name. I, once again, too, I, when I was doing little uh, just research, looking for pictures and cool things to post on our social medias, I found that picture of Richie Steamboat, and I'm like. Holy fuck, he looks just like Adam Cole. And here we go. William Regal's out here with JR here on this for commentary on this match. And Chris Russo. Who the fuck is Chris Russo? He sucks. He's terrible. And, like, William Regal keeps cutting him off. And honestly makes me think he hates him in real life. (laughs) And see, and Summer Rae's wearing a different dress. Oh, she is, yeah. She's wearing a blue dress instead of a pink dress. So, yeah, right here we do get the the Usos, which is random. We get the... We get the like Usos. The, we get like, the, the, the Haka dancing Usos before versus, the face paint. Yep, versus the Ascension here. So we're getting some more main roster talent coming down to kind of put some people over. And you also know how you know Jr. doesn't do has not done any research on these two guys. Every time the Usos have a match. He asked which one is which. Yeah, because he said, and then... Uh, and then Regal's like, the one that has the chest tattoo is Jimmy. And then he's like, are you sure? Because I thought that one was Jay. And then like, it's it's Blue Brothers, WWE 1990, or WWF 95. Like, he didn't take any way to know what's going on. I know you said last episode you hated this entrance. This entrance is fucking cool, Travis. I think it's badass. They I'm look just, like stars. I'm just not a fan. Of, but, it, God, he looks just like Seth Rollins, and I cannot unsee it now. It's bugging the shit out of me. Like, that. I just don't like Conor O'Brien. I think that's part of it. He looks like Fat Elvis or something with a gothic side to him. And just not a fan of his snarling. May I like... I, if if he if Kenneth Cameron was a guy by himself, this would probably be cool. But him standing there with freaking bedazzled collars on his shirt doesn't make me <laughs> feel cool about Conor O'Brien. Bedazzled collars. Uh, Chris Russo, you were talking about him. You thought he was a cuck, so we're going to talk about him he real sucks. quick. Chris Russo is involved with Booker T's reality of wrestling and offers from the Wild Samoans uh, World Extreme Wrestling. No. That's all I got on Chris Russo. He has a Twitter because let me get, I looked him up and he's like, former voice of NXT. No, you were a third rate announcer on the freaking 
that no one wanted around. Truthfully, if you were going to use Chris Russo in any kind of uh, sense or any kind of way, you would have given him Briley Pierce's uh, have him have him do interviews with him. I see. Now this makes more sense. They have the black gear against you know Uso's bright colored green gear, and I still feel like you could have done like white gear and purple with the Ascension, and it would have looked really good. Yeah, they got the navy in there, yeah, or at least that. Cameron Cameron does. But like you can also tell this is differently shot as well because the there there's a spattering of space here now instead of on the other side, so it's just weird. Because in the next episode, the Usos wrestle someone else. I believe I can't remember. So they're like having back to back. I, just, I don't know. It just feels weird. Like you didn't give any of these guys like space. I don't really feel like you should have the ascension on back to back shows. No, I agree because I like I said I like to me they're but their entrance has been. Two of the more fascinating things I've seen on the, the the first two weeks of this. Yeah, which they make the Usos sound out like to be a big deal here, but they're not. They've not really reached really the done anything. They've definitely they're definitely a lot higher now. Watch this bump they do here here shortly. It's gonna be really really cool. Um, oh, look, his anger issues. What? Oh, oh right <laughs> right here. Watch this bump. Watch this bump. Who? Oh, it just oh, yeah. looks cool. It looks cool. It looks like you know they they got them on on the on their heels. Um. Samoan skull. I didn't mention it. Very tough. Oh, Try to God. headbutt that skull. Don't worry. Stupid Chris Russo says it. He does because uh, that's why I wrote he's it racist. Down. <laughs> Chris Russo. Chris Russo is racist. Uh, I have my notes here that the crowd is also dead for this one. They are just not really into it. Do not like that background right there on that screen. And screenshot looked very generic. It looked more like a uh, roadblock pay per view yep. background. It had like caution tape instead of actual NXT logos. Weird. That is weird. And they do get over the finisher in this match again, though. JR is very high on, was it the uh, down, downstroke? Downcast. 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 Yes. Sorry. To me, it's kind of a weak finish. If you if you really think about the, all the finishes in the world, um, they do a really good job of cutting them off. I don't, I don't think he actually makes the tag to the other Uso brother, which I cannot remember because I'm like Jim Ross. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least at least we know there's a difference. Yeah, oh yeah. Friggin' JR's just sitting there like, oh, you know who, which one's which? William, tell me. Like, <laughs> do some research, Jim. I know you didn't care at this point because you wanted to be the voice of Raw still, but. Look how small Kenneth Cameron's legs are there. Like I said, he's about the same size as, lanky, as, Se- as Seth Rollins. Like, they could be uh, a, like an awesome heel tag team. I know. Like, it's just, he's just Woo! real. He did have, he was working on the World Champion 10 back then, too, but really lanky. Like, he's almost darker than the Uso, and that's not me being racist. That's just me being, he's like yeah, that he, dark. He's a very tan man. And the Uso's, he does make the tag. Look how, how chunky he was. Oh, yeah. uh, they've definitely toned up. They've came into their own. Shout out to the Uso's. They are one of the more entertaining tag teams. Um, I know they kind of got lumped in with the whole Roman thing, which is cool that they're getting the rub. But I can tell you the moment I thought the Uso's were going to be a big deal. And it was their matches with the Wyatt family on the main roster. Oh yeah, uh, they were still in the sh- they were still in this show on the pre-show before the pay-per-views, and then they were forced to put them on the pay-per-views, and then them and the New Day. Yeah, I mean, that, that, well, it's probably one of the best tag team feuds in the in WWE in the I mean, past. They had the hell in Oh yeah, great. But that that's when I knew the Usos were good because they were still kind of wearing this stuff. They had the face paint. They were like they were cool looking. They had started getting in shape. But the whole Wyatt family, really, that whole feud put them on the map, in my my opinion. They hit him with the downcast. It's literally, it's almost like a code breaker into a flapjack, which is kind of lame. Um, you know, if you're going to use a finish like that, almost you think of like 
the FTR that was it big rig or big rig? What they call it? Down rig? What I can't remember what they call yeah, it. Yeah, I think out the big rig. And now. It used to be the um, shatter machine. Shatter machine, which is a cooler sounding finish. Absolutely. Like you were saying, he's very linky. Look at that. Like it's just okay. You're backing out of the ring. Why? You were just standing there backing out, and then you decided to get down on all fours and back out. I get it. You're mysterious. Your Elvis hair is messed up. Go put some gel in it. Oh, his pompadour haircut? Yeah, like, oh, God, I just hate Connor Brown. He looks like Ryback. <laughs> and I hate Ryback so much. Did you know, Travis, when Raw debuted in January 11th, 1993, almost 20 years ago at this time, stamps cost 29 cents. I believe they're, what, 55 cents 55 now? 55 cents now. A gallon of gas was just $1.11. Four four fifty nine. Those were the fucking days. And there's Summer Ray again wearing the exact same red dress she was wearing before the, and the first. Yeah, and the very first. We get uh, <laughs> very generic dragon slash Asian background for Rick, Richie Steamboat here. That is Adam Cole. I don't know no, what you're no, <laughs> Tell hey, me he hey. doesn't look like Adam Cole. He really does. And he just has the weird man bun there. Oh, here's Rick Victor. So, yeah, back-to-back shows for Rick Victor being a jobber. Yeah, we get Richie Steamboat versus Rick Victor here. This actually is going to be probably one of the longer matches of the like original NXT guys where it's it's almost a five-minute long match. Richie Steamboat looks like a fucking star, man. He does. He, I mean, he looks he looks part looks good. He is in better shape than Adam Cole. We'll give him that. You're right. <laughs> no, and not body shaming. I mean, God I know, but like you, we're comparing him to Adam Cole. Like he, he, this at least Richie has like some muscle tone. Well, it also makes sense why these guys are having this match because we were watching that package. They had been working a lot together in mm-hmm. in FCW, so it makes sense to have these guys. You know, they definitely have chemistry. That His, ref is now on the main roster too. Yeah, he is. The the gear I like. I like this gear so much better than Rick Victor's Velveteen Dream gear that he had last yes. last week. Which is still, a, he still has like flaming V's on the side of his pants. Oh, there's there's Ricky. That, Ricky looking fat there, though. A little chunky. This is after he went through that whole thing where the Nexus attacked him. And he had like that brain aneurysm and it was like really mm-hmm. scary. And everyone was like, y'all, <coughs> oh, the Nexus needs to calm down a little bit. But I mean, yeah. it was just, it was just a fucking accident. And Travis over here dying. Jesus Christ, Travis. Travis went to the beach for his bachelor party weekend. Uh, I was supposed to be there. Um, did not go uh, financially uh, and work wise. Could not. Could not. Could not go. But I'm glad you had a good time, buddy. It was fun. It was a good time. <clears throat> I don't know why my throat is so dry all of a sudden, but uh, it might be because uh, Rick Victor's awesome fucking tights. Diamond V's. <laughs> Kick pads look cool here for uh, Rich Steamboat too. Uh, yeah, I, I have in my notes like you were saying. This is Rick Victor's second week in a row being a jobber. And this match is the longest of this episode. I do I do hate that every time <clears throat> Richie is on camera, he's smiling. Well, yeah, that's probably a directive they gave him because they want those. It's, it is kind of like an hey, old... Hey, single, ladies. Single. It is like an old school thing. I don't know if it's because of Dusty or what, but it is it is that old school thing where they want the baby faces to be clearly the baby face and they want the heels to clearly be the heels. That's why Jinder cut the two promos. And so it is being run still like a... Small develop, not even a, like oh, developmental territory, not like a third brand yet. These camera angles, I get they're trying to be different, but these camera angles are kind of brutal. Well, some of these camera angles they actually implemented in the original style of NXT, like first yeah. couple seasons, which this crane shot I fucking love. The one that kind of whoops in, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty cool to see. I don't like the one over the corner of the ring, it looks weird to me. And then JR still messing with his uh, his headset, headset from last week. If you listen to the audio. Of him on here, you can hear him going. He, he looks just like Ricky, though. I mean, he, he 
I, I almost felt like, though, that Richie was actually more athletic than Ricky. He's okay. a little bit, he's, he's leaner, he's smaller um, than Ricky. Ricky is always not not chunky, but he was just a thick built man. He, he, very, he was more broad, like yes. arrow chested, than uh, Richie was. And something else I noticed about, it was probably about 30 seconds ago. Did you notice that the yellow lights were moving between the banners? I did not. Yeah, I do not like that either. They need to say stationary. <laughs> it's just like it's just weird distractions like that. I guess. Just, I mean, but that's what going back and watching these are. Is like, I don't remember seeing this stuff, but now I'm, I'm looking for more differences and things. Now it is kind of ironic that Richie's career would be cut short due to a back injury, because that's exactly how Ricky's career was ended. Do you remember who it was with? Steve Austin. Do you remember when? Uh, was it back? Was it back Beach ninety four? Is that a clash? Clash, okay. Yeah, I know they, they were feuding through 94 there. But I will say also, Byron Saxon and Jim Ross are back on commentary. Yeah, it, it is weird. Because I remember we were, like, we were talking about it. We've already mentioned it on here as well. But we were talking about how like the, the layout, that was they kind of fucked it up. The layout was kind of weird how they cut the matches and cut the show together. Ricky's getting the crowd into it for this one, though. After having Seth Rollins come out, and he, he kind of you know couldn't really get a big reaction out of the crowd, Richie is. Well, see, that's where I wonder where the Seth Rollins match was placed on the tapings. Yeah, because, that's true too. And this could have been before the crowd got burnt out because you there did they did four episodes at a time, right? I believe it's three. It's three or four. Uh, I know. I think for this one they did three. Yeah, but see, like it's still weird that that's how they kind of they mash mesh it out and everything. It makes Ooh. it sling blade. They even call it the sling blade. Yeah, he was one of the first ones I can remember doing the sling blade, and that's the finish. And which and is still called the Sling Blade. Ricky's and, happy. Ricky's happy. Uh, he looks. He, I'm called baby. Uh, he uh, looks. Ricky. Finn Balor and Seth still use this move, and it's still called the Sling Blade. R- Ricky. Ricky. Uh, rocking that soul patch there. I saw that. A little, little gray. <laughs> little gray dot of a soul patch there, but he's rocking it. Got girl with cane face paint behind him. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I wonder if there was like a cane sign or something before they came out. Who knows? But here it is. He's gonna back right into his dad. Hey, Diane. Hi, Dad. Hey, Dad. Hi, Give Dad. me a high five, Dad. Woo, love you, Dad. Love you, Dad. You're all sweaty. Nice orange shirt, Dad. God, he's, he's got God, like a, he is huge there. He, yeah, he's very chunky. He's got an orange Columbia like fishing shirt on. Oh, oh, here it is, boys. Our main, uh, our main event of the evening: Johnny Curtis versus Derek Bateman. Very caution tape esque graphics. Here. That picture of uh, Johnny Curtis <laughs> is fucking great. Derek, Just, it's almost like their their gimmicks should be switched, like yeah. the way their faces look in their pictures. They have Bateman like as the serious person. Do they, we keep getting these vignettes of Cesaro, Antonio Cesaro showing up, and it, they, they make him feel like a pretty fucking big deal. It's weird though, because like they're bringing him in, which he was a big part of FCW there for a little while too. But like they're showing his stuff from SmackDown and everything, so it's making it feel like. Big time, he's coming in, but he's, he wasn't doing a whole lot on SmackDown at this time, if you really think. No, he wasn't. He, he does, wins the U.S. title. Doesn't he go on fall. to be one of the longest reigning U.S. champions? He has it for quite a while. Oh, yeah. Didn't have anybody that could really beat him. I think Kofi's the one that dethrones him. Cesaro. He's, he's uh, Oksana's lover. It is kind of wild that he. He and Cassius Ono were on the show at the same time. They did not utilize them as a tag, as a tag team. team. Here it is. is. The uh, Raw Rebound brought to you by WWEshop.com. So who's champion at this time? CM Punk. Who are they highlighting on this Raw Rebound? Uh, John Cena and Chris Jericho wrestling for the first time in like two years. So the big deal right now is, you know, Cena 
is the focal point of Raw, even though he's not the champion. So CM Punk, one of his big things that he talked about, you know, was he wasn't utilized as a champion. He was basically almost like a placeholder, really, because Cena was still the one. And that's why Punk would go on to turn heel so he could get into another segment with Cena. This also leads to one of the worst Money in the Bank's matches. It wasn't the worst, but it only had like four people in it. Oh, the, I think it was five. So because Kane, doesn't Kane show up or something? Kane, The Miz, The Miz shows up in the match. Yeah, he's the surprise because it's Big Show, Kane, Jericho, and John Cena. And, and then, then The, the Miz. Miz shows up. So you automatically know Cena's winning Money in the Bank. Because he's the only baby face in the match. Oh, God. And he accidentally breaks the fucking... Uh, he accidentally breaks, breaks the, the, the briefcase, and which makes you almost wonder, was he originally supposed to win? Which I'm assuming he was. Yeah, he was. Oh, but my God. He, another, but then another, he uh, ends up with Damian Sandow's briefcase anyway, too. So It's just stupid. Like I get it, Cena, but like this is one of Big Show's many heel turns. Was he was just on uh, Raw the other night getting more TV time than he's probably had the entire time at AEW, sending in a yeah, video. I know people were making a big fuss about the, I believe it was Daniel Bryan, because they labeled him as Daniel Bryan. Chris Jericho, and, the big show. and they named him the Big Show, not Paul White. You know something else that's funny? AEW used those exact same side graphics when uh, he came out. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's the Swiss flag, so we get yeah. it. Cesaro coming out here looking like a fucking million bucks with Oxana. Looking like a million bucks, too. She looks great. She could not wrestle, but she was a damn good-looking valet. This is around the time, too, where Cesaro was doing the... Uh, he, he could speak the five languages, and he'd come out, which is really cool. And we get Dante Dash here. Looks like a million bucks. Never amounted to anything. What can you say about Cesaro? Worked all over the States before he signed in 2011. Also, uh, uh, Summer Rae wearing another dress. Yeah, you're right. God, she's all over the place. Dude, it's it's crazy. Uh, he, was, he signed in 2011 and began working in FCW. Uh, his first official match would take place in September 17th of 2011. So almost, almost a year. Close to a year from this episode. He made his WWE television debut on April 20th. So uh, this is June. So June 27th. This is only about a month after that. Uh, he was appearing in a backstage segment. Uh, ending with him going to talk to general manager John Laurinaitis about a contract. Picks the guy up like nothing. Look at that. Uh, Here, there is two two things I'll point out. He still looks the exact same. Oh, yeah. Doesn't look like he's aged a day. And I hated those thigh tapes. Oh, yeah. I hate that he doesn't have knee pads on. I remember Austin said that about him, too. Pepperoni, oh. pepperoni nipples, too. Yeah, he's a very big nipple man. <laughs> it's weird noticed, but yeah. Uh, but we were talking about how he, you know, he got out... Asked John Laurinaitis for a contract. Following week, he defeated Tyson Kidd in what was billed as a tryout match. Uh, so he was only on WWE TV for about two months prior for the, the the set of tapings. And like I said, Dante Dash looks fantastic. He uh, made his FCW debut January 5th of 2012. So the beginning of this year that we're watching. He made his television debut on March 18th on uh, of, F- of FCW. He had sporadic appearances on NXT TV, but uh, would be retired from wrestling by June 13, 2013. So, about a year after this. Also, very generic, very generic battle axes on the back of his tights. Oh, yeah. Man, he looks, Cesaro just looks like a fucking million bucks, man. Uh, He feels like a big star, too. And I'm like, I don't understand how they never. He could have been world heavyweight champion. When they had had the two title belts, definitely. And even JR says that in this match that you're looking at a. a future WWE or World Heavyweight Champion because of just how good he was. Like he he lifted this guy up like it's nothing. Here's the neutralizer. Boom. 
he didn't really do utilize the uppercuts in this match that came later. But the thing with the thing with Cesaro is he looks he looks just like almost like an average man. Don't get me wrong, he's cut as fuck. Like he's de- definitely muscular, has the physique, has the pepperoni nipples, like you said, and see him right there. <laughs> but like you don't realize how muscular and how jacked he is until you see him do things and like, you're like holy shit this guy is fucking jacked he started putting the swing in and he got to be a huge fan favorite and he was swinging Kali swinging Mark Henry it's weird she has a microphone but she never speaks they cut that out as they well they cut that out as well So, but she wasn't the greatest promo no but she was probably like Antonio my lover oh, oh, oh. Oh, sorry that Johnny Curry we hit it again dude just go back and watch some of his stuff on Smackdown where he's pouring milk on himself and <laughs> It's weird stuff. It's great. Definitely an awesome promo right here from Bray Wyatt. Uh, it's kind of been a highlight so far of the yeah. first two episodes as well. These were really well done. It almost made you think, why was he not on the main roster? Well, you got to think his run in NXT is not very long. No, they not at all. Go to like what the middle of next year, maybe. I believe. I'm and I think it's more uh, Rowan and Harper are there, and he's not at that point because I think they may be tag champs. They go on. They're in the tag tournament, and I believe it's them in the finals against Oliver Gray and Neville. But this this is tremendous stuff. Uh, you already see uh, Luke Harper is in the background there. I, I don't. I couldn't really pick up on who else was in the background there. When they shoot one of them from behind, it almost looks like McGillicuddy, but he could have just been filling the spot, kind of. Yeah, we didn't really talk about this either. My son fucking loves the Fiend. He loves anything Bray Wyatt. After we. Um, we watched some of this. He watched some of this with me. He went back and wanted to see when he became the Fiend. He wanted to see when he became Burnt Fiend. He was all into it. So, you know, a lot of people like to shit on the characters of, uh, like, Bray Wyatt and Brandon. But, I mean, some of this stuff's garnered for other people than yourself. My, my son loved it. So, I mean, and he's, I mean, he's seven, but he, he enjoyed it. Very, very, I know he said this too, but... Just his initial setup is very Waylon Mercy. Very Waylon, yeah. White pants, tropical shirt, stuff. Just yeah. very Waylon Mercy. It, it, Waylon Mercy, <laughs> which was originally you know based off Max Cady from Cape Fear, which is in a fantastic movie. Uh, it's played by Robert De Niro. Oh, look at him being weird. Here comes Johnny Curtis. Let's get weird, boys. Let, he's even got the he's even got the hashtag on the back. Let's get weird. So I got a really really funny thing about this. Let's get weird thing with Johnny Curtis here. So when we, we oh Lord, just got an alert of some sort. Oh Lord, and that was with everything turned off. Sorry, there are people. We've had a, like a blue line alert and stuff today. Where there's like a guy out in Nashville wanted for homicide. So oh God, <laughs> so there's that guy. Yeah, news, news. But yeah, Johnny Curtis. When we when we first brought him in, and we you know he said we're gonna get weird. He's like, let's get weird. I didn't realize that was kind of his thing until we went back and I saw this. Let's get weird. Even the crowd starts chanting, uh, "Let's get weird." Oh yeah, that was like his whole basis on NXT Redemption was him doing just weird stuff. It's funny though because Summer Rae ends up being the dancer with him, and mm-hmm. she's there with him as well. Derek Bateman looks super serious here. Bateman's supposed to be the good guy, but he just comes out like, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, that's the hair, man. Like you were talking about with Jason Jordan, his hair does not make him... <laughs> he looks more like the star. Johnny Curtis has got the haircut and like everything. Like, I don't even understand what he was doing with the whole kick kick thing like at, on the entrance right He just there. had that the, those people smack his back like Barry Horowitz, so there's that... But Yay. like he just he just very generic wrestler here, like creator wrestler. Well, let me throw my hands up in the air. Yeah, I'm dirt baby man, I'm cool. That's it. 
Johnny Curtis, really quick, Johnny was originally hired in 2006 working in Deep South. He fucking had worked for WWE consistently since 2006. This is 2012. The man was just released last year. Oh, yeah. Dude dude had it. Like, that's what some of those wrestlers that got released, like, people were upset. Don't get me wrong. Guys got released, but you got to think Heath Slater had been there for almost 15 years. He'd been there Tyler, almost 15. Tyler Breeze, Mike, Tyler Mike Breeze. <laughs> Zach Ryder had been there. Uh, Kurt Hawkins had been there twice. I mean, just like people like that, they had been there forever. Um, and they, they, I mean, if it had been old WWE, they'd have been released probably after two to three years. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they, they got a hell of a run out of it. And a lot of people, Aren't even mad about it because like even Zack Ryder said, which I know we're going off topic a little bit. He said that he should have probably been released six, seven years ago. Yeah, and he he got to live his dream. So and they're still young. Dirty Dango's out making the towns now. Yep, you'll see him um, possibly at Uncivil War. I haven't announced that yet, but he might be there. But here's another thing. Ooh, too. Is they built this as the main event, and this match lasts like three and a half it's, minutes. Yeah, it's almost four minutes long. It's actually less than the Richie Steamboat. That was a great cool. move. It was like a, a dragon whip, but he completely flipped him over into his belly. Uh, we were talking about Johnny Curtis doing the weird shit. So Johnny Curtis debuted on SmackDown on June 3rd uh, in a bizarre backstage promo with R-Truth. Mm-hmm. After weeks of critically panned backstage promos, Johnny Curtis made his SmackDown entering debut August 12th, 2011. Which he was squashed by Mark Henry in yep. less than a minute. Yep. That's it. And these two guys right here are actually really good friends in real life. Oh, yeah. I believe. Uh, I've, not, I've not heard many people say bad things about uh, Johnny Curtis, a.k.a. Dirty Dango. He's, he's always seemed like a very nice guy. Everyone has a good rapport with him. Um, he made it seem like... Um, I know Breeze kind of talked about him a little bit, that they're, they're not best friends, but they are good friends. Um, but he... Uh, <laughs> there he is. Look at, look at up in the air. Why he's got him in like a leg grapevine. The, the the Fandango gimmick worked great for him. Yeah. I mean, I know they they made him a dancer, but he he was given chicken shit and turned it to chicken salad, and he I got s- over man. Still behind the fact that he should have been Intercontinental Champion, just missed time concussion. It's kind of screwed it all up for him. But yeah, he come off the match with Jericho at Mania where he beat Jericho. He had that. I will say the match out. is just okay, but Jericho always has that. Um, First match. The first match is like jitters with somebody. Yep. He always talks about in every book he's had where almost every match he's had for the very first time is awful. Look at, look at <laughs> He's doing a spinning toll hold. Like, I feel like this could have been – Johnny Curtis like this could have been – if he just stayed in NXT, he could have been probably around the top of the card. But he, he leaves here soon. He doesn't – neither one of these guys stay in NXT long. No, because the next, next year he shows up as Fandango yeah. at WrestleMania. Yep. I mean, they gave they rocked and the rocket shipped him, man. He went from you know his first match is a main event or not a main event. They could never main s- event of WrestleMania. They never say I mean. the guy didn't have charisma because he did. And that was a pretty cool move there from Derek Bateman too, like a reverse, like sidewalk slam almost. Oh yeah, but I also I still have my notes. Every single time I look at his hair, I fucking hate his hair. It just I can't take him serious. And that's another guy like he's a super jacked up dude. You can't see it when your hair's that long and shaggy, yeah. man. He definitely oh. found himself as e EC3 later. Oh, that character was something gave him something to sink his teeth into. And he how they up. screwed EC3 up on the main roster, oh. I'll never understand. He actually hits the uh, the Ambrose finish that he used to use that like the reverse forward DDT. 
Yeah, this match should have been a lot longer. This was a blow off to their little feud. It should have been a but lot the longer. Fans weren't super behind Bateman, which no, he never really got the fans in, down in Florida behind him. I mean, he has a great look, but I mean, there's nothing that he does in the ring that just screams "I'm special," you know. And another guy that has that generic creator wrestler tights, at least. Fondango's had a damn hashtag on it, and it's 2012. And a cool leather jacket. And a cool leather jacket and hip gyrations. Uh, they do mention in that match that Cassius Ono is debuting next week. So oh, there's no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, but for no. that to be a blow-off, that was a little disappointing there. And it for the, But, like, I feel like there was there five matches there, so it kind of felt like a Monday Night Raw from 95 there where everything was three to four minutes long. They threw some unneeded highlight packages in there of Raw, which I get, but do we really need those on the network now? Do I really need to go be like, oh, yeah, I want to go watch Big Show put John Cena in a camel clutch that's not racist? Well, I'm assuming that with this, with this it's just like they were, they just copied and pasted the episode. So like they aired these episodes as they were. They didn't have to edit anything out of them. Uh, everything was pre-ready. I am very shocked still that they have the Asking Alexandra shirt on Seth Rollins, which is funny because with that figure, that is the gear that we got with that Seth Rollins Let's figure, which makes sense figure. why we did not get a shirt with that figure because... Well, none of these guys we're... had t-shirts of their own until much later. After NXT kind of got rolling, they didn't have any merch to wear, so I guess they didn't really have a reason to tell them not to wear it. Well, even in the little thumbnail, it's it's Seth Rollins wearing that shirt. Well, I guess he's a rocker, so I guess it makes sense. He's, he likes to mosh on the stage when there's no one else around. Travis, match of the night. Ooh, that's going to be kind of difficult because everything kind of flew by to me. Yeah, I will say this before we kind of talk about it. It's these definitely epi- not Gender's match because that was the one that I felt like sucked. This, the, These episodes fly by so fast. It's wild how fast they fly by. I might have to give it to old Richie and... Uh, Rick Victor. I feel like that was probably the match that felt more like a main roster almost match. Kind of fast paced, but you could tell they worked together. We, just, we talked about it with the video package. I think I'd give it to uh, old Richie Stenboat and Rick Victor. I, I have to agree. It was, it was a really good match. Um, the Rollins match was good, but it was just a short I, Seth Rollins, here I am match. And it, it was like the crowd didn't give a shit, which is wild because he, he has charisma out the ass. Like. Same, same thing with the Cesaro match. It was just him dominating that guy. The, the match that really felt like a match was either Richie Steamboat and Rick Victor or um, Bateman and Fondongo, but I felt like it should have been longer. Johnny Curtis. Who would you say is the breakout star? From this show, if you look at it, it would be Richie Steamboat. Like he's the one that had the most steam. I mean, I <laughs> <they> got it. <laughs> Chugging along their boat stuff. So. Um, and then he shows dad. They had his dad in the audience. Like uh, Jim Ross was putting him over. He had a cool promo package at the beginning, showing his lineage and everything. They even flashed Bonnie in there a little bit. You know, she was in the promo package holding her son. So uh, it was kind of cool. Uh, I definitely not Leo Kruger. Didn't feel that one. I almost, I literally forgot. I already forgot he had a match, dude. <laughs> I mean, and just because when I kind of know where it goes, Bateman and Johnny Curtis didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Judging by it, this episode, I'd say Richie Steamboat was the one they put it wanted to put the, the rocket to. Yeah, I definitely would have to say. I, I would almost say it's a toss up between Seth Rollins and Richie Steamboat, but Richie gets it by just a, a just, just a hair. I swear he looks like Adam Cole. It freaks me out. I don't like it. Um, 
but yeah, guys, so next week, the next week's episode, it will be taking place uh, from July 4th, 2012. So God bless America. We're almost exactly, it's weird how we're almost exactly 10 years from these dates. It's pretty cool. Uh, these are the matches that you get next week. You get Sofia Cortez versus Paige. Sofia Cortez is Ivelisse uh, from Lucha Underground and Tough Enough fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pre Bush uh, tattoo on her FTC figure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Look at that figure. <laughs> yeah. Seth Rollins versus Camacho, uh, which is... Uh, Tomatonga. Yep, he has some uh, Bullet Club ties. We get the, the tag debut of Jake Carter and Corey Graves versus CJ Parker and Nick Rogers. Miz's original body double. Oh my, yeah, dude, he does look just like him. He even weird. does some of the mannerisms. that I almost think the Miz stole them from him in this That motherfucker. We also get the debut of Cassius Ono versus Mike Dalton. Tyler Breeze. Yes. Jinder Mahal gets another match with Derek Bateman. Yeah, Derek Bateman, who just won the main event yep. on this episode. Yeah, don't say what happened in that match. I'm not going to spoil it. And uh, the main event, is, this kind of unfolds as you get Michael McGillicuddy, Camacho, and Hunico uh, versus Tyson Kidd, Seth Rollins, and Bo Dallas. And this is where I really feel like everything got chopped up, judging by what happens on future episodes. But like, I almost feel like that six-man tag is supposed to be a blow-off to something. That happens, and it ends up just being the main event of this show, because it's July 4th episode, which no one was thinking, oh, God, NXT on July 4th. Let's watch it back then. Yeah, and it was still airing just on strictly on the WWE Network, and not the WWE Network, WWE's website, WWE.com. Travis, what you got for me, man? Uh, just selling stuff over there on TGL The Man 12 on eBay still. If uh, anybody needs some wrestling figures or DVDs, Blu-rays, all that good stuff, uh, <clears throat> we well, not this coming week. Nope, not this coming week. But the next week, we would have an episode of Wrestling Ruin coming out. Yeah, the next and next week's uh, episode of Wrestling will Ruin. be the Great American Bash 1995. Yep, highlighted by Brian Pillman versus Alex Wright. Don't make that face. That match is pretty damn good. My boy. My boy. And then, you mean highlighted by Hulk Hogan. Doing something. Oh, yeah. With creative control in 95. Uh, um, Nick Bockwinkle doesn't remember the name of the pay-per-view. <laughs> And also next uh, uh, this Sunday coming up, not this Sunday, but the next Sunday coming up, I will be uh, joining the Wrestling Purists for a Great American Bash 2000. Speaking of creative control with Hulk Hogan, but a uh, whole lot of bashing going on one way or another for me in the next couple of weeks here. Also, we got the uh, uh, Todd the Medic's Toy Show coming up here in Sevierville, Tennessee. So if you guys want to buy some toys from me, Eddie, or Brandon, come on down. Yeah. And also... Fuck Brandon and Rants from Black Lodge. <laughs> Our buddy Brandon with Ranch from the Black Lodge. We love you. Uh, check check out Rants. They actually have um, they've been doing some really fun stuff. Their five year anniversary show is creeping up. Um, definitely check them out at Rants Black Lodge. Of course, guys. NGW Next Gen TN. Uh, you can find us on uh, all social medias. Definitely check at us Wrestling out. Wrestling Ruin. Uh, and yeah, and rest at Wrestling Ruin for our other show. Uh, shout out to Project Louder. Uh, NGW, though, we have Uncivil War 7 coming up in, in Jackson Terminal in Knoxville. We've already announced uh, Matt Cross, Jordan Oliver, Myron Reed, Shug D. Uh, who else have Calvin we announced? Tankman. Calvin Tankman. Uh, Trey Lamar, Braden Lee, uh, Logan LaRue. Yeah. Uh, and we got a few more other things coming. Um, I think we're going to have some pretty good matches there. I'm really excited. But definitely get tickets for that at nextgentn.net slash tickets. We'll both be there. So come uh, hang out at the tables and all the we good stuff. We can talk NXT. 
Um, there might be some NXT alumni there. Never know. You never know. Uh, but definitely check us out on social media, guys, at next NXT Evolution Pod on Facebook and on Twitter. Until next time, guys, uh, I am Eddie along with Travis, and we will see you guys later. Bye. Bye.